sure love those old songs. Sometimes I can sing them and I get in the room by myself. Nobody's there but me. And I can cry and snot and everything else I want to do and let the presence of the Lord come in. I want you to turn tonight to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. While you're turning there, I'm going to read at verse 28. What I'm going to do tonight, I'm simply going to use at least four incidents in my family's life that God provided provisions in a miraculous way. I could not begin to tell you tonight, I would be here for days to tell you how many times that God has provided for us over the years. But there's four particular things that were just outstanding to me. And the reason I want to share them with you is so that it will encourage you and maybe you can go and tell somebody else and it will encourage them to believe that God can do whatever needs to be done in your life when he wants to do it. And he wants to do it. But he's always there and he makes a way. When I came in tonight, knowing what I was going to talk about, I also came to think when I was here, I thought, you know, we traveled a, a lot of years on the road. And... Uh, only two times over the thousands upon thousands of miles that we travel, I had one flat tire and a state highway patrolman on the West Virginia Turnpike helped me change that. And I run out of gasoline one time, and I run out of gasoline right at the service station. So I can't complain about that, right? Amen. Y'all listen up a little bit, you know, Amen. But I couldn't begin to tell you all the wonderful things. So I'll read this scripture. It's always good to have a, uh, a setting for your what you're going to talk about. And Jesus said, And what take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore... If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or where shall we be clothed? For after all these things doth the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth, that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This is talking about God's provision for us. God is a provider, isn't he? God is a provider. Now, I'm going to take us way back. The song was taking me back, so I'm going to take us way back. My wife, you know, I think I shared this about three years ago one time here. I told my son that came last, I said, you probably get up and preach this tonight because you've heard it. I have a one of them. But it's always good. 
A good report is fact for the bones. You know, that's what the Bible says. But my mind goes back, my wife and I, I shared this uh, several years ago here. I, I believe I did. Maybe you weren't here, but maybe you'll enjoy it again. My wife and I had just gotten married. We had been married about six months, so we were newlyweds. But we, in those days, we, not that you all don't, but we depended solely upon the Lord and everything that he had for us. At one time, we got, we were newly married. She, she worked and I worked, but it was one of those times when we didn't, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any food. We didn't have anything except our clothing, and she worked and I worked. One of those times, we lived in an apartment upstairs over a garage. And um, so we, we always gave, we paid our tithing, we always gave in offerings, we, we worked in the church, and we did all these things. But we got down, we didn't have anything. And so she said, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. And she said, I said, well, let's pray. So we prayed. She's probably the one who said, let's pray, to tell you the truth. But anyhow, we, we got down together and we prayed. And we said, now, Lord, we have a need, you know. We, 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 we reminded God. We said, God, we pay our tithing. We, we give to the Lord, and we don't have any money, and we don't have any food. What are we going to do? And I, I've only been married six months, and I wasn't about to go ask my father-in-law to give me some food and more money. No way. You know, I, I no way it's going to do that. But I depended on the Lord. So, anyhow, we're praying. And about that time came a knock on the door. And this gentleman next door came. He said, uh, listen, my name is Mr. Lynch. I'm your neighbor because it was two apartments over top of a garage. And he said, um, I was just wondering. I'm getting ready to go on a trip. And he said, I, I have some food in my refrigerator. I was wondering, would, could you use it? And I'm thinking, my wife and I looked at it like, you know. Yeah, he said, well, come on over. He said, I have a box over there. I went over there, and he said, he opened up his freezer. He was, uh, he worked for the railroad, and he was a secretary on the railroad. He made lots of money. And so he opened up his uh, freezer door on the top of the refrigerator, and he said, take everything in there. And you know what was in there? Everything was in there was T-bone steaks. I mean, I had a box full of T-bone steaks. He said, go get the other box and get everything else out of the refrigerator. I said, man, that's great, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Got over there, my wife and I, and uh, we're, we're, we're rejoicing in the Lord. And, and finally, uh, here comes a knock on the door again. And he come over and he said, uh, um, I was wondering, he said, you know what? Why don't you just come over and get all the groceries out of my shelves and stuff because I need to clean it out. We went over there, and I'm telling you, this is the exact truth. We went over there, and we took everything, all the canned goods, all the flour, everything he had. We took it, and we brought it over to our place. We're rejoicing and rejoicing. Well, we thought that was it. He knocked on the door again. He said, by the way, he said, I was just wondering. He said, now, uh, I've got a transistor. Now, listen. He said, I have a big transistor radio. Now, back in those days, those things were about this long, you know, like that. He said, would you like to have it? I like, and it has shortwave radio on it and everything. Is, oh, yeah, man, and it gave me that. So we're, we don't know what to think, you know. And it wasn't very long. Five minutes later, he knocks on the door again. He said, it's me again. He said, I have a big old box. He, brought it, he was a big old man. He brought this box in. He said, it's, it's, it's full of clothing. I wonder if you might be able to use it. 
use it. So I, I said, well, thank you. So he left. And I looked in there. And uh, so I pulled out his undershorts. But they were so big, I thought, this ain't going to work. But in that big box, every kind of sock, every color sock that you wanted was in there. He had everything. Pre- this, this guy had his underwear pressed. I mean, he had, I mean, it was all. He said everything was cleaners. These socks were brand new. I, I took those socks. I had, and I had socks for at least two years without exaggerating. My my friends had socks. I gave everybody socks. I had so many socks. We're thinking, man, this is great. <laughs> and that was just like the Lord. But you know what? The knock came one more time. He said, I was just wondering. I'm going to be gone about, I think, if I remember correctly, I'm going to be gone about six weeks. I was wondering, would you all clean my little apartment? His apartment was, I mean, it was spotless. He said, would you take care of it and clean it for him? You know? And we wasn't expecting anything. He said, I'll pay you $45 a week. Now, folks, that was a lot of money back then. I'll pay you $45 a week. And you know what? He paid us $45 a week. That's, that's probably more than I made on my job back then. He paid us $45 a week for those six weeks that we took care of that. Now, that's one thing that God did. And you know what? We were without, but God came on the scene. Now, folks, he'll do that. Amen? That's number one. Number two, I'll shorten these up as I go along here real quick. Number two, I was a pastor of a small church in Albany, Georgia. Albany, Georgia. Nobody will be there tonight. That's where the storm's at. But I pastored a small church in Albany, Georgia. When I went there, um, someone had to help me unload my furniture. I, I didn't know anyone. But we were there, and I was working on a job. We didn't have any, again, got down. We didn't have anything, and uh, I come home for supper. My wife has a little meal there for me, and, and my son Paul at that time. And I said, aren't you going to eat? And she said, no, I'm not hungry. Well, come find it out. That's all the food we had, and she didn't eat anything. Now, I really felt real good, you know, here. I'm the big man. I eat all the food, and she don't have anything. And I said, well, I, I don't know. I have no money. I, I We have no groceries. I, We'll just, we'll just have to believe the Lord. I went to work the next morning, and as I went to work, they all got together, and the guys I worked with, and they had coffee, and, you know, they had a breakfast. And so we sat down, and they said, let us buy your breakfast for, for you. And so they, they bought my breakfast, and I said, well, thank you. That's so nice. And everything. Well, while I was gone, uh, my son, I don't know exactly what he said to his mother, something along, what are we going to do, Mom? We don't have anything to eat. I, I don't remember what you said. What you said? Oh, she was at the she was at the window crying, and he asked her, "Why, why are you, why are you crying, Mom?" And she said, "I'm crying for the Lord to help us." That afternoon, I never told anybody. That afternoon, those men from my job, I never they knew nothing. They came to our home and knocked on the door while she was there. And they had in their arms grocery bags full of groceries and money for us to have gasoline till we could get a payday. Now, that's what God does, folks. 
See, he still remembers that. He still remembers that, Mom, why were you crying? I hope this is encouraging to you. It is to me. I encourage myself with these things. I could tell you lots of things, but I don't have time to do all those. I select these, there's four or five of them. Then I pastored a large church in Borger, Texas, B-O-R-G-E-R, Borger, Texas, in the Panhandle of Texas. I was there around seven years or seven or eight years. And one time we got to where we, we had a school and we had a church. That was one of those times, it was just a dry period that all churches go through. And you really don't have all the money. I mean, we needed a roof on the church and we needed several things. And we just didn't have, it was just one of those times that it was tight. We just didn't have it. So I go over one morning and uh, this Lady, her, her daughter was in the school there. She came and she said, uh, uh, they called me Brother Jordan. They didn't call me pastor back in those days. And so she said that she wasn't in church. She, she, was, her, she and her husband didn't serve the Lord. I mean, uh, they were believers, but they didn't go to church. They were, you know, that just wasn't there. She came and she said, um, I want to know something. Can I talk to you? And I went in the office. She said to me, she said, I want to know, uh, I, I know you are in need of some things. And I said, yes. She said, um, I was wondering um, if if I gave you a check, would that be all right? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, every little bit helps. She said, I'd like to, I, I'd like to write you a check, uh, the church, a check for, uh, she said, with $3,000 help, my mouth goes, probably like that, like, Yes, yes, Miss Tadlock, it, it's, it sure would. That would really help. I mean, $3,000, that would really help. She said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, you this church, I'm going to give you $3,000 a month for one year. And then I will take all the vans you have, your two vans, anytime you go anywhere, anything you want to do, Bring them down to our place because they own the oil company. Go down, and you can fill all the vehicles up, your vehicles up, and the church vehicles up with gasoline whenever you want to. That's $36,000 a year in case you can't figure that out. $36,000 that God brought exactly what we needed and more abundantly. God is a provider. He's a provider. I don't know what your need is tonight, but I tell you, the Lord knows what yours is. This is not in my message tonight, but I think I have time to sneak this in. I was uh, preaching a revival one time, and this young man, we were staying in the home. Back in those days, we stayed in the home. He came um, that night. I was talking about how God provides, and probably uses something along like this, trying, as an evangelist, tell him you can give and so forth. And so we, we got to the, someone that night had given me, it was either 10 or $20, and I put it in my pocket. My wife and I are sitting there waiting on them to come to the house. And I looked at her, and I said, um, honey, I don't, I said, you know, somebody give me $20. I really, I can always use $20. I need a lot more than that, but really don't, we're not desperate, you know, but they gave it to me. And uh, just can't figure out why there's something just strange about it. And so when that, she said, well, I'll tell you what, let's give it to, to Jerry and his wife when they get here. 
I said, oh, that's good. Let's give it to them. That way, because we're staying in the home, that'll bless them. He come in the house. When he got in, I said, I said to him, Brother Jay, I said, I, I got something for you. I said, I'm going to give you $20. I gave him $20. His face turned pale white. And his wife started laughing. I'm thinking, what in the world's wrong with them? He was white. She's laughing. I give him $20. What's, what's going on here? You know, we're all young. She said, do you all believe it, Brother Jordan? She said, he got up in the service, <clears throat> walked out the door, and said, how come God don't never give me anything like that? That's a true story. Amen. And she thought it was so funny. But you see, God knows your need. Amen. You believe that? Amen. So there's three. Now, I have one other one that you may have heard, but I want you, I want you to hear it again. I want to back up just a little because I, I'll get, not try to bore you. In 2008, uh, I don't want to back up. For, I'm sorry, I got to have this Back before 2008, some of you have heard this and some of you haven't. So if you have, just listen to it again. Will you do that? As you know, we own a real estate company, family-run real estate company. I was standing in a Remax down on Park Avenue. That's where we worked. I was standing there, and uh, the owner's son came through with a box. And I said, where's Michael going? She said, he's going to the beach. He's going to move out there, and he's going to open an office at the beach. I said, well, who's going to do the property management? Because he was all the top of the property management upstairs. She said, we don't know. We're going to sell it. I said, oh, you want it? She said, yeah, we're going to sell it. She looked at me and she said, why don't you buy it? <laughs> I looked at her and I said, Annie, I can't buy it. You know, I did this backwards. All my young years I gave to the Lord, and I didn't save any money up. I don't have any money to buy anything. She said, oh, you never know. I said, well, yeah, you never know, but I'm not going to buy it. Number one, I wasn't interested in it, but I wasn't going to buy it. I couldn't, I couldn't buy anything like that. So two weeks passed, and she called me in and sat down at the table in the office. She said, I want to talk to you. Michael was there. She said, uh, you know, we're going to sell the property management business. I said, yes, we are. Yes, you are. I, I realize that. She said, um, well, I have one guy outside of, of Remax that wants to buy it, and he's, he's wanted it really bad, but I don't want to sell it to him. And she said, I have two guys here in the office, that, individuals that are they're wanting it real bad. They're biting at the bits to, to, to be able to purchase it. She said, but I, I don't want to sell it to them. So I'm thinking, where is this going? And she said, um, I want you to buy it. You want me to buy it? Yeah, we want you to buy it. I said, I don't have no money. She said, we want you to buy it. Michael, I'll never forget to this day, he looked across the table at me, and he said, James, God's answered your prayer. Thank you. 
sure enough, better, I've answered my prayer because I don't have any money. She said, we're going to sell it to you. I said, okay. She said, we're going to sign the, the note at the bank, co-sign for you. We're not going to charge you any interest for two years. You don't have to make a payment for six months. And when the note runs out, we're going to renew it again for you. And I'm I'm, I'm there with my mouth going, what? We're going to to finance it for you. You don't have to have a dime. We're We're going to finance it for you 100%. We're going to give you 100% control. It's going to be your business. You're going to run it. It's going to belong to you. We're going to give it to you. And I said, well, how, I'm going to tell you how much it was. She said, it's $150,000. I said, man, I $150,000. So what happened, folks? They financed that for me. No interest for two years. They got the money at the bank. They financed it, no interest for two years, no payment for six months. And then, you know what? When it came up for renewal, they signed again. And we paid it off. It's paid for, 100%. And my wife and my son, my son Paul there, he runs the property management division and has for several years. Now, I want to go just a little Another step to that one. He's never heard this part, but he knows about it. In 2008, that's when the the fall came. We went from managing 160 properties down to 60 properties. We went from making three figures plus to making $6,000 a year. You heard me right. We had our $340,000 home that, that we had just purchased a year or so before and took all of our cash money and put into it because if you hold on to it for two years and one day, you can sell it, and all the money you make out of it, there's no capital gains tax on it, it's tax-free. That was our plan. That plan didn't come to pass. This is a country soul. They took my home. They took my, my truck. Somebody said, you lost everything. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't lose my family. I didn't lose my health. I lost money. I lost that home. All that. But we didn't lose our business. It didn't affect it at all. And my brother just happened to have a place that he had bought that we had sold to him. Guess what? We moved into it and read it for my brother. God has a plan. He knows what's down the down the future. He said, I wouldn't get up and tell that. Why not? And that's not the end. During that time, before Paul came on board, he had just come on board to work for us. We had people in the office, and they were good people, but they made honest mistakes. Real bad mistakes. Like, one day the bank called me and said, you're overdrawing $4,000. I said, I put $4,000 in. 
The next day, they call me again. You're overdrawing $4,000 more. I go down and put that in. It ended up I owed about $16,000 I had to take that I had to go down. And what it was, it was mistakes on paper that they had done. How am I going to find that money? We didn't know how to do it. We didn't know anyone. We didn't know Terry Guthrie who could come and do books. You know, we didn't know that. But my wife had sold a home to a couple years ago, and she kept in contact with us, sold her children. And she's at a closing, and this big old brute of a guy says to her, he says, well, get my wife to do it. She'll help you. Oh, Joe, she could, she don't. I'm telling you, Patricia, get, get Irene to help you. And she says, Irene, can you help me? He says, she ought to. I worked for um, Merrill Lynch, and she did. We retired from there. And we took, we kept books for millions of dollars plus. That's what we did for a living. She said, yep, I'll help you. She wouldn't let us pay her a dime. We'd give her checks, she'd tear it up. She spent countless hours upon hours of days for several weeks at a time getting down trying to find our money. Finally, she found all of our money. She, we found, I think, almost every bit of it. And they come up $1,000 short. She found all of our money. She did all that work for nothing. And not only that, she did. She worked for us until the time of her death. She did that when she died of cancer about two or three years ago along that line. And the reason I'm telling you that, her husband, Joe, is a big old brute. He came to me after his wife died. And he said, I want to talk to you. He said, and I, I told him about the Lord. He said, you know what? I've been watching you. Folks, listen, people watch us. He said, I've been watching you, and I watch the way you treat Paul, and I watch the way you treat Jonathan, and that's the kind of dad I'd like to be. I'd like to be a man like that. And this big man began to weep and cry, and he was the type of guy, he drank continually. He cussed every word, and not only that, he, he was just, you would think, man, he just hated everybody, but he was just that type of a man. But all of a sudden, changes begin to happen. I'd go to his home. He said, will you pray for me? I prayed for him, and I prayed for him, and we prayed. And when he gets to the hospital, he wants me to go and pray for him. And he, he's a believer. He witnesses to other people. He tells them about the Lord, what God has done for him. He can't come to church because Almost everything in his back, he can't bend his neck. He can't sit down more than, he can't stand up. He has to sit down. He can hardly move. And the reason I'm telling you that, guess what? He said, I want you to talk to my sister. So I did about three months ago. I spoke with her. And I told her. And he was, he witnesses to people. He tell, he's telling his sister what God's done for him and et cetera, et cetera, over and over and over. And then... What happened was, he says, she's coming back again. I want you to come and tell about the Lord. So Friday, this past Friday, we went, oh, pardon me, this past Saturday, we went over and Sarah was there. And we began to talk to her. And uh, all the accomplishments that she had made and the changes she's made in her life and how things was going for her. She was so happy and she had lost 75 pounds and her life had changed and her spirit had changed and she's going to church and everything. And, and we started talking to her and, and we said, where do you go to church? Sarah, she said, I go to an assembly of God church. 
Well, knock me over, will you? She said, I go to this church. We didn't say anything. She said, we go, I go to this church. It's different. I was raised a Catholic. It's different. You know, it's not like us. She said, it was kind of strange at first, but my daughters go there. And she said, they want me to get involved in everything, but I want to get involved right now, but I, I want I want to go, you know. And I, she said, I go when I can, and I go there. And, and she said, the Lord's really helped me and so forth. Guess what? <coughs> Sarah, Joe's sister, whose wife helped us with that business, she was sitting right over here Sunday morning in service. And guess what? My wife stepped aside of her. She reached over, got a hold of Patricia's hand, and held it up in the air, praising the Lord and singing. She said, you know what? I, I really enjoyed that service. It was so wonderful to me. It was great. Thank you for inviting me to the house of God. You see, I didn't know when I was sitting in that office to buy that, that business that I was going to meet someone because of all of that, that eventually was going to end up over here worshiping the Lord. She lives in another state. You see how God provides? Look what he does. And the Lord said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Folk, I tell you what, I challenge you to believe God tonight. I challenge you to believe God for greater things than you've ever had taken place in your life, whether it be spiritually, physically, financially, whatever it is. Our God is more than able to do what we need done. Amen. Praise God. Those are four things that I wanted to bring to you tonight for the glory of the Lord to show you, to bring to you, to your knowledge, how God works. Isn't he magnificent? Would you stand with me?